Howdy, hey! Welcome to the Texans Take. All right, we're sitting over here drinking a little Franzia Merlot and enjoying. Well, it's the twentieth, so Christmas is in. Well, really, four days if you count today being almost over. Yeah. 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 It's getting. It's getting pretty close. Really looking forward to it. My only worry is that by the time Christmas rolls around, we'll have all the Christmas food and the candy and stuff like that, whatever. And I'll probably be like, ah, I'm good. That has <laughs> been happening. I had the, the my last Christmas party this morning. It was the the that's this is hilarious hearing you the Kierfot quality breakfast, and that was very stuffing. That is. I I, I had a total had that of breakfast that big party. in a long time. How did that go, by the way? Um, you know, it wasn't okay. So yeah, you have to go back. First off, it's really hard to impress me with steak. It's okay. just genuinely because there's so many places I could say could do it better. There's so many places like myself. My Are house. you saying that Ruth's Chris? It wasn't the best steak I've ever had. It was not. It was Whoa. not. You are honestly, with all of that, you are paying for an excellent experience. Okay. You are paying for top-notch Which you service. didn't actually pay for, so it's pretty No, awesome. no. But I know how much it costs. It's roughly yeah. 150 to $200 a plate. Yeah. So, but like all the things that we had, you have valet right there at Roots Chris. Yeah. So they'll valet your car. Uh, that's a plus. I just have to get out and go in. Yeah. I hate parking in Asheville, so you win me right there. Oh, I hate parking in Asheville so um, much. And then on top of that, you have um, they'll they'll set you set you at a very nice. They're they're like you walk into this place, and you walk through a wine cellar. Oh, oh, you've won me. <laughs> you walk through a wine cellar that's a hallway, and then you go into kind of the in, the different entry rays for this. It's a really dark, low light setting experience. Uh, you go in there, they walk you to your seat, they get your order right there for, for drinks. And when I tell you, I, I have a thing that when I go to a restaurant, I love to see, cause this, this often dictates a lot of how much I tip mm -hmm. and because it's not that hard to do. And I feel like a lot of people miss it. Yeah. My drink should never just be empty. Sure. Yeah. It should no. never, it should never even come close to being empty. And that's usually will dictate right there what what the rest of the evening is going to entail as yeah. far as me watching stuff like that because uh, i like to tip but i like to tip when there's good service that's just kind of the way i always think about it but i could not finish one of my glasses of wine before they had i was halfway through and they had another one sitting in front of me oh and i'm yes. like yes like we were walking this way and we saw yours was half empty boom there you go and i was like whoa <laughs> okay and they're just doing this with wine like tea, yeah, tea. Anybody can get tea, you know. Make it. It in... takes a second to go back and get a wine glass. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, well, it's just it, the it fact takes... that this wine is flowing. Oh yeah, it's definitely <laughs> flowing. They had apparently I missed out because when I showed up, I showed up late, and so they kind of handed me a menu, and I'm just trying to be really courteous since I showed up late to pick something quick. And I was like, oh, you have a Merlot, I'll have that. And then I find out uh, the next day that everyone had just uh, apparently their margaritas were fantastic. Oh. And I was like, well, that, I should have got a margarita. I didn't even see margaritas because I was really just You're trying just to Russian be food. I was trying to be courteous because I knew, yeah. you know, it's not my fault that they showed up. Or, you know, it's not their fault that I showed up late. It's my yeah. fault. You know, so it's not my fault that they showed up early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
but no, they they were very they were very prompt about that. They had appetizers, and I, I their appetizers were. I'm sure they were all amazing. The ones that I was able to eat were amazing. <clears throat> the other ones, uh, nah, I, I can't speak for it, but based on what I had, I would say they were pretty good. Um, what kind I of appetizers had, did you have? Uh, they have they had huge jumbo shrimp. Oh, which that I thought was amazing. It's appetizers yeah. all over the. You just everywhere you grab, there's shrimp. Then they had these little. I don't know what you call them, and this is probably the the you know rednecky version of me going. I don't know how to describe this, but it looked like a sausage biscuit, but just just the bread and then a piece of sausage on top of it, and then some kind of cheese on top of that. I was told it was amazing, and they were like that little they were like really little good. beef fillets on top sure. of yeah with lots of butter. It was wow. they looked they looked amazing. I didn't have one. I heard they were great. They had yeah. these little kebab things that they hmm. had all over the place, which were also pretty good. They what I ended up having off the menu, because there was like a select menu for this party. And uh, it was basically one of everything. Had something for the seafood department, something for chicken. And then they had uh, they had their beef. And their beef was like, I call it a filet mignon. That's that's really what it was. But they called it a petite, a petite filet. Oh. There might be an actual difference. I'm sure there probably is. But for me, from what I was looking at, that's kind of what it's kind of what it was. Sure. Um, and it was good. There was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just I you're not paying for the food there. Yeah. That's the thing. You're 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 paying a minimal part of of the food because it it doesn't. It was nothing more spectacular than I could make on my grill, and I don't mean that in oh, a mean I way. See. Yeah. You know, it was nothing. It was a steak. It wasn't Brazilia's. N- no. Well, see, that's the thing. Like I, I I don't consider Brazilia's really a steakhouse, quote unquote. Oh yeah. Not well, n- not in the matter of, you know, you don't just order a medium rare steak and then uh-huh. sit down and eat it. Yeah. Um, but if you compare Ruth's Chris to the other steakhouses I've been to, Texas Roadhouse, Outback. Oh, I Longhorn, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that variety, they, they were they were no better than just the other one down the street. Sure, sure. Um, but the service was amazing. The environment was honestly just amazing. Sure. Hey, um, that, that that's that's like you said, kind of what you're paying for. Yeah, you, you're paying there's for only that. so much you can charge for a steak. <laughs> yeah, there's, realistically, you know, and obviously their menu exceeds past that, but it is all like what I would call luxury food. You know, yeah, that yeah. it's, you know, you're. I know they use prime cuts, but I mean, we want to say they use prime cuts. So does Outback, and so does Longhorn. Sure. So does Texas Roadhouse. Um, but Texas Roadhouse, all that they they offer a different experience. Now, what kind of steak did you get? Like I said, it was it was a medium rare, what I would call a like a filet mignon. It was the whole thing was like that big. It was not. Oh, it was not huge. No, that all I'm you talking. got. It was eight. It was a total of eight ounces, so it was like that tall. Oh wow! And like that bigger. It wasn't. It wasn't huge. And yeah. like I said, for for what you're paying for, it, you're not paying for it on the food side. Yeah, you're paying for it in that experience that sure. the other places won't give you. Um, you know that valet that walking through the wine cellar when you come in the door, that low light. You know, you can't walk anywhere without seeing if something or having somebody check on you and saying, hey, how are you? Do you need something? Yeah. You know, you get up and they start going, oh, did we do something wrong? And they all kind of I, I noticed that several times throughout the evenings. I would get up to go to the restroom or something. And they're like, why are you oh, leaving? Yeah, yeah. Is there something wrong? You know, they would do you have an find And this and that, like immediately, as soon as they saw me move, they were like, oh, what did I not do? So it was very they were on the ball with everything wow. they were doing. And I, I found that very, very awesome. 
That is really awesome. There's, there is a point where kind of, you know, the waiters can get a little overwhelming. It's like, okay, no, really, thank you. You can, you know, you can go now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll give you a nice tip. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was good. And, and the valet was really convenient. Yeah. You know, obviously that's something you pay for. They gotta they gotta pay those people something. So I mean that's right, that's they're right. adding that to their experience, which in, in their location that you kinda have to. It's yeah. you do pay a little extra for the valet, but it's almost like I wouldn't want to walk across that road, which is um I forget what that it's that um that little Christ's whatever corner that kinda goes when you're going down to Biltmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was gonna say, is left. it off the Biltmore exit? Yeah. yeah. You take that That's like a, there's left. like a five road intersection there. Yeah. And so you cross over that and they're kind of just right down there on the left. And so it's, it's not a road that you'd want to go across Yeah, um, to park across the street at someone else's parking lot. So th- yeah. that was convenient. It was nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Definitely the first time. I, that's probably the nicest place I've ever darkened the door of. So I was. Yeah. The nicest place that I've probably ever darkened the door of was uh, Michael's in the South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Well, that sounds and we nice. we talked about that a little while ago, but mm-hmm. that's that's and it was a apparently their specialty was steak. Yeah. So I guess it was kind of a steak house, but really it was just posh for the sake of posh. Yeah, that, which like was said, nice. You know that that may be, and y'all can you know leave us a message on our Facebook. I mean, I like yeah, where's to know, the best place? I am not. Been to? I don't just go around and hit all these luxury restaurants. But I have to say, for that, it was very nice. Everything. And it is so much fun because they do. They wait on you hand and foot, and it's like, you know, you know that every time that they, every time they 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 scrape and struggle to make sure that your experience is amazing, it's probably costing another fifty bucks. You know, <laughs> but you I mean, know, hey, did, it's nice. They did a good job, you know. It's and there nice. Was, and and I think you know there were three, there were uh, there were three of them working our our area because yeah. we basically took a, a room and a half. Yeah. And um, they they did a fantastic job. There was there was like fifty of us there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I will so, say, um, you know, I've kind of noticed that across the board. The steakhouses are kind of, you know, all the steaks are about the same quality. I've noticed. Right. Now, yeah, the, I will they're say all prime that, cuts. Uh, That's what yeah, I was yeah. saying. Like, but what I will you say that, uh, what's it called? Um, Outback is probably slightly less quality. Granted, it does depend on the specific restaurant you go to. Yeah. Might just have better management. And, and that can change because yeah. the Longhorns right down here, when they first opened, they were the bomb.com. Yeah. Last two times I've been there, it's like, yeah, I, I don't honestly. This does not make me want to come back. So I mean, it it does depend on that. You know? Yeah, yeah. But most of the Longhorns that I've been to are really good. You know, they are good steak. And I think it's just who whoever's running that at this point in time is the last not doing couple the of times that I've been there. It was actually really good. Which one are you talking about? The one right here on Airport Road. On Airport Road. Okay. Have you tried the one on Tunnel Road? I have. It's been a long time. They were really good. I don't have a problem. And That's I, the one I, that we usually go to. I almost felt like going there last time. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't was this one was closer, and I hate showing up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to show up in the last hour that a, uh, of a shift. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. place is open. The, I know what these guys go through. Been sure. there. You know, so I don't want to do that. But I'll if it's an hour and a half before yada yada, I'll do it. And this one was right down the road, whereas Tunnel Road would have taken me thirty minutes to get to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was kind of my choice in the last one because that's what I had decided that I really yeah. didn't want to go back, and I made that decision previously. Yeah. But Longhorns now, are definitely Longhorns and Texas Roadhouse are yeah usually really good. they're really really good. 
Now, I will say that Logan's, the last Logan's mm. that I went to, Logan's is good. They'll give you a very, very well-cooked steak. And, you know, it's to the point where when they bring you your steak, they ask you to cut into it. And if it's not exactly the way you like it, then they'll take it back and bring you another yeah. one until you until you're satisfied. Um, which means that they're wasting steaks until you get it right. Right. And, you know, but I enjoyed the steak and it was cooked perfectly, but it just didn't have the flavor that like the Longhorn had. So I right. think that they grilled it better than Longhorn, but I think that I enjoyed Longhorns better. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a little give and take. They're all pretty good for the most part. But I will say that when I went to Michael's, the steak that I got tasted like you know 116 dollars steak or however much it cost i think it didn't right. actually cost that much um That's a good bit. but it was a it was huge it was really big mm -hmm. it was almost it it might have only been a pound of steak but it might have been bigger than that i don't know it was big but it was the um uh the top sirloin or the top tenderloin and uh it was in a sauce and it had all this other gourmet stuff on it and the mashed potatoes no, the baked potato, I think, cost $16. Ridiculous. That's a lot. Yeah, and it wasn't even a spectacular baked potato. It was just yeah. a big baked potato. <laughs> but it, the steak was absolutely incredible. And right. I kid you not, you needed nothing more than um, a dull plastic knife or maybe a spoon to get through this steak. Now, I will. Okay, so I will give tender. it that. It was so good. This filet that I had over at Ruth's Chris, that is the one compliment I could say is I kind of laughed at it. It was it was not an intentional laugh. It was just like a <laughs> oh, oops, because all they brought me was a table knife because <laughs> you didn't. They're like, you don't need anything more. They didn't this. say that, though. They just didn't bring us. A you knife. were just like. You want to bring me a real knife? Here, hold on. I've got a real knife. And so that was my, when I unwrapped it and I saw it was a table knife, I just like, ha! I was like, oh, wait, I realized that I'm not the only one that they did. Okay. And then I, I literally, I didn't even take the fork. I just. You just go straight to the I was steak. like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. That, that. They counts. did, they did win on that. That was, that yeah, was. Yeah, that's really good. I actually went impressive. to a really good meat place. It's not a steak place, a steakhouse. But it was a meat house, is a Midwood Smokehouse in um, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Robert just graduated, and so we were down there for his graduation, and then we went to Midwood Smokehouse, had a big meal, and then we went to uh, the Armored Cow to have a beer, and uh, we had a good time down there. The but Midwood Smokehouse, they 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 consider themselves a Texas style barbecue joint, okay. and they're okay. the only place this side of the Mississippi that I think they do actually rate as a Texas barbecue yeah. house. Okay. Here's, here's the, the qualifying factor. First off, the brisket was amazing. It was very good. Oh yeah. That's all. That should always be your granted. Check. Granted. I think it was about as good as the ho-hum brisket that I've had in Texas, mm -hmm. but that's still saying a heck of a lot coming from over here. And it was right. very good brisket. I'm not saying anything about it, any, anything against it, you know, um, the best brisket that I've ever had was obviously in Texas, but <laughs> this one was very, very good. But as far as average good Texas brisket goes, this was right there with it. Mm -hmm. But they also had the giant cow rib. And that's something that I've only seen in Texas. And that's something that they actually rate, like they consider themselves at like Texas quality barbecue over at Midwoods. Right. 
it's Texas style. And they actually, it's like they can prove that just by having a cow rib on the menu. Mm -hmm. And we ordered them out. We had, I think, three or four people, because not many people get that. Um, but we got like three or four of the cow ribs. You just ordered everything they had. And it got to the point where <laughs> Uncle Neil wanted one, so he ordered it, and the guy was like, he just took the last one. And Uncle Neil was like, ooh, I kill you. And the waitress <laughs> said, oh, please go for it. I work here for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, the waitress just got more points too. Um, but this, 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 what y'all, when I talk about a beef rib, normally in barbecue ribs, you're dealing with pork ribs. Right. Pork ribs are very, very good. You can get them incredibly tasty and good rub. Oh, they're so wonderful, especially when they just fall off your bone. Well, they imagine that, bone? but I'm sorry, I got they, they fall off your bone. They oh, they fall off their bone. Whatever. Oh, okay. But imagine like that's a how I eat steak. I pork just... rib, but ten times bigger. Or maybe just yeah, five maybe. times. No, about ten times bigger. That's about ten no, times maybe bigger. Five. I don't know. It anyway. It's the rib is as long and as is as long if not longer and possibly taller than your plate. Yeah. Okay. And there is like at least twelve ounces to a pound of just cow rib on there, and this was so tender that it was like they had a a, a steak of cow, and then they just set the rib on top of it like it was literally just falling off the bone like the the, the rib was just there for looks it really yeah. was <laughs> they had trouble getting it on the plate for you but it was so good <laughs> and robert got one and i tried a little bit and it was just wonderful um but anyway so that was good all right well we are gonna take a break right here and we'll be right back <laughs> All right. All right. We are. We are back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just about screwed things up. <laughs> it happens every once in a while. Um, I was about to say, um, like, say something about what we're supposed to do whenever we come on. And then just as I stay, <laughs> say this, I realized that we're a there. second, a half a second before that, I heard this ominous click. I was like, oh, we're on air. <laughs> we we are here. We we are here. So, take it. <laughs> so today is uh, something I want to do it a little bit different. We I think we went over the the birth last year, and did did we read Luke last year? We probably did. Probably that's usually the that's the go to for me. But something that I was kind of thinking of with this is, and I I may have thought this in passing, but I know I've never looked it up. That I can say. Uh, but in this whole retrospect of what we say every year, we go through the, the same things, different points that we can pull out of this that we haven't talked about before. And one of them for me is the nativity. Yeah. Have you ever looked that up? No, I don't think I have. <laughs> I was just, I was going through the other Not day. Not for the sake like, of the word nativity. Yeah, what, what does that mean? Because, I mean, you find meaning throughout the Bible and in, in different things, including words. And... Uh, so I, I looked it up. And so the nativity, by what I found just by Googling it, uh, was a birth. So when we read, when we open this book right here, the um, 
Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible New King James Version. Are we going to read the word nativity among these pages? No. No. Okay, no. so where does that word come exactly. from? Exactly. That's that's kind of where that's kind of where now, I if was. I'm going to read the Vulgate, am I going to read the word nativity somewhere? Not that I'm aware of. Really? Okay. Please continue. I am very curious. Is it? What? Nativity, the actual the, oh, the actual no word. I don't think it is. That's okay. what, I wasn't able to find that, but okay. I didn't uh, in reading. My thought is, have I ever heard that? No, I don't think I have. Not okay. from text. That's my wonder. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so why do we say it? So nativity itself. So well, this is what I found. It says, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, nativity means the process or circumstances of being born, birth. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's that was what I found on numerous things that that's what it means, and so it goes on to say that it you know especially capitalizes the birth of Jesus. The Merriam-Webster dictionary also explains the origins of this word. Nativity is one of many war words, many words words born of the Latin verb nasi, nasi, which means to be born. Nasi. That makes sense if you're gonna okay I mean, as well. I feel like we're on the right track here. So the gestation, I, I've never heard this term, by the way, in, in like oh, as far vocabulary. As far, okay, gestation. <laughs> the gest I, I kind of laughed when That's I heard funny. that the first like time because I thought I like, looked at the wrong thing here. So yeah. the gestation of the word was a long one. Nasi developed into the Latin, into nat nativitas. Yeah, thank you. I said it earlier. I was trying to practice it because it, it's an interesting one. Meaning birth. So, so far, it's all meaning the same thing. We, This is what actually kind of... Stuart wasn't quite as impressed with this, but the word did not... It passed through the Middle French as... Nativity. nativity. Yeah, that's... Yeah, literally. Nativity. Um, before entering the English language in the 14th century. Okay. That's pretty early. Is it early? Because that's... I was thinking it's we're taking this long winded. It when might be we... late. I don't know. I mean, when I think early, I mean like that was sixteen hundred years. I mean, ago. it was definitely it was definitely a longer time. Than, yeah. But I suppose as far as the church goes, the church has been around for at least five hundred years at this point. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's pretty late. That's that's kind of what I was wondering. If I thought five hundred years from now, that'd be two thousand five hundred twenty-two, and something wasn't figured out. Something that we're considering now wasn't figured out until five thousand uh, two thousand five hundred twenty-two. Then I'd say, yeah, that's pretty damn right. Late. You know, get with it. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen. And that was Make that was happen. I I kind of put all the information here, but that was gonna that's kind of the biggest. Okay. As far as what the word means, and it literally means, and I do find it interesting for you know the the world that doesn't want to believe the bible yeah that the merriam-webster dictionary apparently says that the word means birth and then especially the birth of jesus <laughs> that's interesting because i've never ever heard the word nativity used in any context other than the birth of christ yeah it, yeah it sounds like it's like not just a birth but the birth right but um you know it seems like you could have the nativity of David or the mm -hmm. nativity of Brig Raleigh Lentz, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's that's where my mind was. Like, what, that's what when, makes this? That's when the rest of his family goes, well, who the hell does he think he is? 
uh, so which, uh, in all honesty, that's what Jesus' family thought about him when he came back to town. Who the hey does he think he is? <laughs> and Jesus is like, oh, if you only knew. If you only, if knew. you only knew. But anyway, cool. I did not know that. No, I was. Uh, I, I just never looked it up. I, I yeah. probably have thought that before. Here's something. I got a trivia for you. Um, and I'm going to have to look this up real quick just to give you some context. Um, oh, this sounds interesting. But Christian trivia, well, actually Christmas trivia that Juliana asked me and I had no answer for. Granted, okay. she didn't have an answer either because she was looking for an answer. And she, ha, 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 thought that she was going to get one out of me. And her answer for me was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so the three wise men, which we know that there's three maybe because of three presents, but right. we, I, nobody it's really thinks there. there were actually yeah. necessarily three. There could be more than that, but they're also called three kings. Were they wise men or were they kings? Or both? Why? Um, you have the look that I had when Juliana. <laughs> like I'm reaching for something. I could come up with a question. couple like weird. Because think about it. There's a big difference because what does Magi mean? Well, it's the the singular of um, ma Magus, yeah. Yeah. And it basically means what? Like magician, right. sorcerer. Right. It can also be translated as wise man. Um, does that sound anything like a king, though? Could be. Like a wise man, a sorcerer, king. Anyway, that was her okay. question, her contemplation. And um, I was like, what? I don't know. So I actually looked it up. And... Apparently, a lot of people have been asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had never asked that question. Yeah. So, um, uh, the reason why they're also called kings, in fact, the Christmas Carol, We Three Kings. That's what I, okay, that's what I was playing. Everybody plays that in their head because that's the first thing you think of. Well, there's a Christmas Carol about it. So they must have been kings. Come on, you know. I've never thought that the wise men were kings, but, you know. But at the same time, it's like, well, we also call them kings, and it's they're they're like known as kings. Also, kings from the east. It's like, wait a minute, but does it ever say that in the New Testament? No, it doesn't actually. Um, and I think where it comes from is Isaiah sixty. Okay. No, that's Luke. I went Isaiah. The 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 other Isaiah. The other Isaiah. Thank you. Um, aha, ha, 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 ha. Oh, there's another thing about the nativity. Camels. Were there camels at the nativity? What were the wise men riding? I mean, we would assume that they were, but... You Why know. wouldn't they walk like everybody else? I see, I see what you're getting at. <laughs> right? But here's the cool thing. Isaiah has many prophecies about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his birth. And this is where it comes up, comes from. Lift up. This is Isaiah 64, by the way, 60 verse four. Late in the game. 
Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. Who do you think that's talking about? <clears throat> yeah yeah interesting no hmm uh so yeah actually let me let me start at the beginning of isaiah just for a little bit more context arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you for behold darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples but the lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring golden frankincense and shall bring good news and praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Neboeth shall minister to you. They shall come up with abundance on my altar and I will beautiful, beautify my beautiful house. So, uh, yeah. Very interesting, though. That is what it's talking about so that's a multitude of camels should come to you so there's camels and there's frankincense and there's gold all right now that doesn't say anything about kings but i think later on uh foreigners shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you for in my wrath i struck you let's see blah blah blah, blah. oh you know what it actually doesn't talk about kings there either there was a couple of verses Regardless, that does kind of answer the question. Well, uh, there is frankincense and gold mentioned there yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Um, that also may kind of go ahead to validate that there's probably more than three. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of cargo for three people. That is a lot of cargo. In fact, you would need a truck where the because the car would not go with all those people. <laughs> camel power, camel power. Yes, indeedly. Well, th that was just a little trivia interesting but uh that's not what we were talking well about. we're gonna take a break right here and we will be right, right back. back all right we are back. we are back so yeah um if you look in isaiah 60 like we were reading before okay and if you look in verse 10 foreigners shall build up walls and the king shall minister to you for in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. And so, um, you know, here it's, it's talking about a lot of kings coming to Jesus and bowing down before him and stuff. But then also in um, Psalms 72, what is Psalm 70? Right after Psalm 69. 
Is that where it is? It tends to be. I was looking for but, a song. But be, before 71. Yeah, actually, it's just 72. I was looking for a specific verse. Um, and it's a song of Solomon. Well, it's a psalm of Solomon. It says, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May you judge your people with righteousness and your forth justice. Uh, let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills and righteousness may defend the, the cause of the poor for the people. Great oppressor, great oppressor, may they fear you while the sun endures as long as the moon throughout all the generations may it be like rain that falls down. So it's just like praising his name, obviously. Um, but anyway, it says, uh, nine, may desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies like the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him. And so if you remember what we read earlier, so it's talking about the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. And then if we go back to Isaiah 60, and it talks about a multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and frankincense, um, and shall bring good news and all the praises of God. Um, so, oh, and then, uh, let's see. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So there you have multitude of camel of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian, Ephah, all those from Sheba. So you have Sheba bringing gold and frankincense and stuff and flocks of Kedar, blah, 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 blah. Um, for the coastlands shall hope for me, the ships of Tarshish first. So it talks about Tarshish there. Ships of Tarshish first to bring the children from afar, the silver and gold with them for the name of the Lord, your God, the one, uh, the Holy one of Israel, because he has made you be beautiful. Okay. Foreigners shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you for in my wrath, I struck you, but in my favor, I have mercy on you. Okay. So it's talking about a lot of the same kingdoms here a lot of the same places and kings coming and camels and stuff and so these are the same places that the wise men of the east well anyway i don't know if they're the same places exactly that the wise men of the east came from but around i think the 200s a.d they basically, a lot of the, you know, the biblical thinkers then were like putting all this together and like, ah, so the wise men were kings or maybe there were kings involved. And on top of that, because there were three gifts brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they're like, okay, so there were three people, three wise men, three kings. There were wise men and king. Anyway, so again, we don't really know how many people came to see Jesus? But a lot of these earlier Bible, you know, in Isaiah and stuff, it talks about all these people that are kind of going to come worship him. And so that's where you get the idea of the kings coming, of the wise men coming. Now, it only says wise men um, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, it prophesies about that. So that's why they think that these wise men must have been kings then. Because it does say that these kings shall come and bring frankincense, gold, and blah 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 blah, and so I think they put them a lot. They put a lot of them together, right? And make the text in the New Testament match everything that they're thinking from the Old Testament. Now, I see why they did that, but 
personally, I kind of think that there were more than three because it doesn't say three wise men from the East, it just says wise men from the East. So who knows how many there were, but I think there's more than three. But then on top of that, I don't think they were necessarily kings. I think there could have been kings coming too, right? So all that it says is that wise men in the East, but here's my thought. Just like, hear me out here. So you've got <laughs> wise men in the East. I think they're probably uh, religious descendants of Daniel. Okay. And they see all this going on in the sky. And they're like, oh my gosh, there's something going on over there. We need to saddle up and go. And they're like, you know, they're wise men, right? People, they're, they're like seeing these cool stuff in the sky. They're really smart. They're intelligent. They're wise, blah, 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 blah. But oftentimes these wise men are not just wise men for the heck of it. They're like serving a king, right? Mm -hmm. And so they I'm have wondering. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm wondering if. It's just said the wise men saw all this stuff and came, but like maybe there was a little entourage, you know, a little parade of kings and stuff that might have come with, you know. And then when they got to, uh, you know, Jerusalem and they, you know, saw Herod and all, and Herod was like, oh, well, what is going on here, you know? And he was like, oh, you probably want to go look over in Bethlehem, maybe, you know? And uh, wow, looks like you got quite a party there. Yeah, let me know what's going on down there. You know, tell me what you see. And so I, I don't really know, but maybe I think that there was a lot more people that could have been there. Again, it doesn't specify. It doesn't say, but that's just my thinking. I think there was other kings and whatever that might have been there. Um, it just only mentions the wise men because they're the ones, they were the movers and the shakers. They made it happen, you know, because... They're the ones that saw saw the story in the sky and saw the prophecy being fulfilled and uh, knew to saddle up and move. So anyway, they there you brought go. their kings with them. That's my Texas take. Yeah, they, it was wise men and they brought the kings with, with them. That's, that's what the, I think. That, that's it. That's it. So anyway, um, yeah, but there you go. Just what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? I think you're on to something. Now, mind you, he said he thinks that I'm on to something, not on something. So huge difference world of difference all right words, what do you got? words mean everything what do you got <laughs> uh so you want to go ahead and read the yeah the i would story? love to so we're reading from luke here um and so mind you there is a lot to read because we start off with talking about theophilus then we go into john's birth not even talking about jesus yet and then we go into christ's announcement uh his birth is announced to mary and then we have uh, Mary visits Elizabeth, and then the Song of Mary, then the birth of John, then the circumcision of John, then Zacharias' prophecy, and then Christ is born in chapter 2. Did you want to start there? In chapter 2, yeah. Okay. That was a good synopsis, because that's kind of what I was going <laughs> to That's kind of what I was gonna do, but you like, were... I was like, you know, there's a lot that comes even before Jesus I didn't comes. put that in the notes, but I'm glad you just went ahead yeah. and, and, and yeah. did that. Um, now what we could do is read Christ's birth announced to Mary and then, um, chapter two, but, um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Yeah, go ahead and do that. And, uh, we'll, we'll fill in a lot of gaps along the way that are absolutely necessary. Mind you, this whole story is absolutely necessary. Right. But for the, the sake of time. 
So, Christ's birth announced in Mary. 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, there you go. Christ's birth is announced to Mary. Okay, then, boom, Mary visits Elizabeth. Boom, you have the song of Mary. This is also called the Magnificat, and that's because in the Latin translation, or the Vulgate, I guess, I think that's the first word, Magnificat. I didn't know that. Because like in the first it says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. Um, so Mary's Magnificat. Um, birth of John the Baptist. Circumcision of John the Baptist. Uh, Zacharias's uh, prophecy. Okay. And basically Zacharias is talking to his son and he says, Dude, you're blessed of the Lord. You're going to be doing great things for God. It'll be cool. And what you are is you're a vanguard, my kid. You're going to be a vanguard to God and who is coming. And he will save our people. And you're going to be awesome uh, because you get to um, prepare the world for him. How cool is that, kid? You know, <laughs> it's like, dude, all right, I'll take it. You know, um, anyway, very interesting. Uh, so the child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the desert still the day of his manifestation to Israel. And this is talking about. John the Baptist here, Jesus' cousin. Cool. So, Christ born of Mary, chapter 2. And it came into and it came to pass in those days that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the, in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, 
Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there with the angel, a magnitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known this saying, which was told them considering this child. And all those who heard it marveled, and all those things which were told to them by the uh, all the things that were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Yes, indeed, and that is that is the nativity scene right there. The and nativity. If you go into Black Mountain and past the First Baptist Church, you will see a white cardboard, I don't think it's cardboard, it's probably white uh, um, um, plywood cutout of the nativity scene. Very cheaply done as my wife observed, but there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a lot packed into that. There was a conversation earlier that none of us heard. That's right. That's right. Now, Though that is the nativity scene, did you want to go further to talk about Simeon and Anna? Actually, yes. Okay, so let's continue on just a little bit. And when the eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the tomb. Okay, now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was with him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into his temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him upon his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared from before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things, which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for a sign and rising, is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now, there was one 
Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Fanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eighty-four years, and did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and spoke to him, to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. So, there you have it. That is it. That is the story of the Christ child. And this is the Christ child, baby, you know, eight days circumcision, all that jazz, not very old. Um, immediately after that, um, the family returns to Nazareth. Um, the child grew. Um, and shortly after that, we see him a little bit older, the boy Jesus. And it's talking about the boy Jesus and he, how he amazes the scholars and stuff like that. And uh, it is in a truly amazing thing. Um, I would definitely urge everyone to go read, read the whole thing. Read the, obviously. read the whole thing. You can just read all the way through Luke if you want. But um, the fact of the matter is, is who are we talking about here? We are talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is God. And so, um, though it is good to read this and enjoy it, um, it's really good to understand it, to understand the prophecy before and after mm -hmm. the fulfillment. Um, and it's good to remember that you are reading the word of your Lord. Mm -hmm. This is our salvation right here. What we're seeing here is God has come down to earth to die for us. Mm -hmm. This is our salvation and... This is God humbling himself to be born a man. And interesting note that I didn't think about before. What is Jesus also called of his many names? Which, mind you, when I say Jesus, I'm talking about God. Jesus is one of the names of God. He's one of the heads of the Godhead. Um, being the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Holy Trinity. Uh, but what is one of the names of Jesus? Um as far as what he does um that's you know you could just like give me the right answer and that'll be awesome you could give me any answer and it'll probably be correct but i am looking for a specific answer the second adam he's the second adam mm -hmm. why is that what are the parallels there well what did adam do he screwed it up for us <laughs> he screwed it up for us um <clears throat> Not to say that I'm any better than Adam, but I don't think it would have taken a bite. I'm just kidding. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. I know. I know. <laughs> I say that in jest. I am a sinful human, and uh, I'm no better than Adam. But he did screw it up for us. Um, he sinned, and in Adam's fall, we sinned all. Um, and so the reason why we're in the sinful state that we're in now is because of the fall of man in Adam. Okay, he was a perfect man. Mm. He was a perfect man until he sinned. Okay, so the way they kind of say it is before the fall, we were able to sin. After the fall, we were not able to not sin. And then <coughs> through redemption in Jesus, in salvation, we will be not able to sin right right so adam was able not to sin he screwed that up and made it not able to not sin but so so 
because of that sin that we have through Adam and through Adam and all that, um, the only thing that can pay that price is what? A savior. Okay. That's where Jesus comes in. Okay. How is Jesus going to pay that price? Okay. Well, in order to pay the price for sin, he has to be what? A replacement for Adam, right? It's just like if you're in a court of law, okay? If um, if I kill somebody, the judge is going to say, okay, all right, so you killed somebody. So if I'm going to be a just judge, then I'm going to have to kill you. So I sentence you to death. And you say, well, this man right here has just said that he will die for me. And the judge says, okay, well, he's going to have to die for you because that's the only thing that will pay your sin is another human's death. You could say, well, I've got some money. It's like, nah, it's not really just to pay it off. Yeah. Say, I could kill an animal for you. It's like, no, that's not going to cut it. It's like, you have to die a life for a life, a valuable human life for another valuable human life. And you're like, okay, well, what if I find somebody else to do it for me? And he's like, yeah, well, he's going to have to die for you. That's what Jesus did. Jesus had to die for us. Okay. Now, he is a replacement for us. And so in order to be a perfect sacrifice, he's going to have to live a sinless life. Otherwise, he would be in violation of good judgment. And uh, he would, you know, um, you know, he never sinned. He can't sin, right? He is a perfect sacrifice, which is what we need. And so he has to be sinless, which he was. He is God, so he is sinless. He's the only one who's able to make this sacrifice. And um, so basically he is a perfect man, just like Adam was before he fell. So that means that Jesus is the right sacrifice. Now, he's called the second Adam because he has to walk the perfect life like Adam was supposed to. Right. But who was uh, who was Adam's father? God. Who was Jesus' father? God. Right? Interesting, right? So he is a second Adam. Huh. He is. Actually, I don't know that I've ever put those two things together. I hadn't either. Believe I've... it or not, that's that's a little nugget that, that I actually him. got from, uh, what's his name? Um, Mitchell Bettingfield. He huh. said that, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> There's a reason they call him the second Adam, because... There was no worldly consummation that happened to make Adam, I mean, to make Jesus. It was a heavenly consummation. God came to Mary to make Jesus. There wasn't some worldly man that made Jesus. It was God. Just like Adam, there was no worldly consummation or union um, that happened to make Adam. It was God made mm -hmm. Adam. And that's what God did with himself in Jesus. 
I had never I thought of that never before. Never put that together. How cool is that? That is really how cool, cool is that? That is really in that neat. I've never even. Yeah, that is never even. I was mind blown. I mean, as soon as he told I me just that, realized that you're I was wearing like, the hat now. Do you how realize? Long you have, no, how long have you had the hat? I had the hat on the whole time, dude. Have you? Yeah. You took it off though. Did you put it back on? I took it off so I could take the headphones off and then put the hat on and then put the. I guess I, I saw hat. I saw the like the taking it off and never saw you put it back on. I just realized I'm, it was on. I'm wearing it. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Juliana but does the same thing. I just saw the action. I didn't. I didn't finish the other way. You know. It's so funny All the right. way we 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 you know process things because I'll I'll be doing something like I'll literally I'll sit there and be. Beep, 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 locking the car. You know, you can hear the car over there. Beep, 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 you know, just because I like to overdo it. Yeah, me too. And then we'll get inside and Juliana will go, did you lock the car? And I'm like, did you not hear that? And she's like, hear what? I'm like, you didn't hear me beeping the car, locking it this whole time? She's like, no, I guess I didn't. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean golly we all do crazy stuff like that juliana will be sitting there you know talking and then i'll go wait stop Shh, stop say everything that you just said but over again because i you did not have my full attention no i am so sorry that i just wasted your time but i need to hear that i am listening now. Allie Please does that to me, me all the time i'll be in the middle of doing something and she'll just come in, and then halfway through that, she'll say, "Don't you think?" And I'm going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Were well, you talking to me? Hold on, back. Yep, back, back up. Pause. Up. Let me pause what back I'm doing. Up. Go ahead, because I, all I heard was a question that I wasn't sure what we were talking about. Yeah. Were you even listening? That's an odd way to start a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Uh... Facts. So. Back to another thought that I had um, over all of this, which is the the final point. I'm going to give you, I'll let you know what it is, and then we'll take a break. Yeah. But um, Joseph's perspective on this whole thing. Yes. Joseph. Something that's not, I mean, it's touched on here and there, and it's mostly about, you know, the point in which the angel comes to him and things that he could and couldn't have done or should mm-hmm. have done or didn't do. Yeah. But just the whole viewpoint of having this kind of come on him. And taking all that on, so we'll be right back. Keep that in your mind. Keep that in your mind of minds. We'll be right back to discuss it further. All right, right, we are back. back. (laughs) All right. So uh, the big question is, uh, what's Joseph's perspective on all this? Now, in order to get his perspective on this, we need to know a couple of things about Joseph. First off, who is he? Second off, what does he know? Third off, how much money does he? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Third off, who? What? What kind of man is he? Now we find that out in the Gospel according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus. This is verse eighteen, uh, one eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows: after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. So Joseph enters the scene. Joseph, Mary, Joseph has is betrothed to Mary. Mind you, this is this is in a time where there wasn't really, will you marry me? <gasps> ah! Romantic music plays, you know, pictures snap, you know, children are giggling and laughing. Confetti. You know, there's a big smooch, confetti. No, this is in a time where 
it's basically an arranged marriage, you know. And when you're betrothed to somebody, it's like everything lines up, and you're going to have this union with somebody, and um, you're betrothed. Okay, you're engaged, but engaged is kind of you know that's the right word for it. But back then, I don't think it was quite as romantic as it is now. Um, it's more of uh, I don't know. Um, it's probably a little bit more arranged, but all that to say, that's nothing. That's just a side. So they're engaged. They're going to get married, right? Before they come together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Mary was. And Joseph is sitting here like, okay, we're about to be married. You've got a baby. You didn't have that before. <laughs> This wasn't part of the deal. I know how babies are made. So I know what you must have done in order to get it. Not cool. So immediately, the first thing that happens here is we find out that Mary has a baby and Joe. We know what Joseph is thinking. He's not stupid. But the Bible does explain that she is with child of the Holy Spirit. So obviously, Mary didn't have anything to do with it. God gave her this child, right? She essentially didn't have a choice, but what we find, I don't know if it says here, um, but in in uh, Luke, we know that an angel came to Mary and said, you are going to be with child. So Mary knows ahead of time, early, that she's going to have a child of the Holy Spirit. Joseph did not. But she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So they were betrothed. So I guess they're past engaged. They're actually married now. Okay. And Joseph is her husband. He is a just man and was not wanting to make a public example and had a mind to put her away secretly. So first off, it says he's a just man. And, and this he is, is not brought man, up all that often. Either. But he's not just, he is a good man. Okay. And he knows that Mary must have had sex with somebody before to have this baby. Okay. How could she do this to me? What is my life? Oh my goodness. But he's a good man. He's a just man. And he's like, it's interesting that the Bible uses the word just. I'd like to know what, what that word actually is in the Greek. Ooh. Yeah. Um, just because when, when I hear just, that's not the first thing that I think when he says, when he basically follows the good path to say, let's just put you away quietly. I don't want any bad, bad names to come upon you or anything like that. Because I would think that a just man would be like, well, obviously, since you did this, then, uh, you know, I don't know. Public example, whatever. Not sure. And you know what? Maybe Mary told him that the Holy Spirit gave her the child. And Joseph is sitting there like, all right, likely story. Ha sure. <laughs> um, pull the other one. But anyway, it says being a just man and was not wanting to make her public example. He had a mind to put her away secretly. So regardless of just or not, he was certainly a good man of character. And he obviously loved her and didn't want her to be 
Um, honestly, that's probably what it means when it says a just man. It probably means that he really loved her and didn't want anything bad to come about her. And so he just wanted to, let's, let's do this quietly. We're just going to divorce you. Okay, it'll be all right. You can go do your own thing, whatever. We'll do it that way. Because, you know, he didn't want any bad name or anything to come right. to Mary. Um, and on top of that, it would be a scandal not just for her, but for him. Oh, yeah. You know, because if he's a just man, he knows that this, it is unjust for this to happen lawfully, too, especially in marriage. And so if he's just, then that means that he would put her away. That's what a just man would do. And that might be what it actually means here. So he is a just man, so he's going to divorce her. But he's a good man, so he's going to do it quietly. Not sure. Tell me your thoughts on that. But yeah, I, mean, um, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Honestly, I think that is actually what it means here, because she is with child, not his. It says he is a just man, and so he's going to put her away. Seek. It says he's a just man. So he's going to put her away and not wanting to make a public example, he's going to do it secretly. So that tells his character he is a just man, so he is going to divorce her because apparently that's what a just man would do. Right. But he's also a gentleman. He's also kind. He's also loving. And so he's going to do it quietly. That's my take on it. All right. But while he thought about these things, gosh, that's a lot to think about, mind you. That is a lot. Because that ain't, he's not thinking good things about her. <laughs> no, no. I, he I can't wouldn't. be. He can't be, especially not if he's a just man. No, he's. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So... While Joseph is sitting here like, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe she did this. I just put her away quietly. I mean, he obviously she, he's thinking angry thoughts about her, I'm sure. But he's also just like hurt. Yeah. Like really hurt. And Mary is probably like, you know, please don't do this. Please don't do this. I don't know. It doesn't say what they're no. talking about. But I can't imagine that it's a wonderful scenario because Mary is honestly innocent. And so... You know, sometimes you can just tell innocence on somebody, mm -hmm. even if you think that they're guilty. Right. It's just like, it can't be, you know, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so the, the angel came and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary. Keep her. Don't put her away. This is the Holy Spirit's child. This is bigger than you and bigger <laughs> than her. This is big, right? You know, this is Jesus. This we, is the, we need you to this finish is the this. one that your religion is talking about this is your god coming in your wife 
You, it's so, like, you are Frodo. You have no way out you of have no You've way got out to of do it. <laughs> but anyway, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, I mean, yeah, that'd be quite a wake up. I would need like a cold bath. That's what it's called. A slap a in the rude face. awakening. <laughs> yeah. Am I still here? Did that just happen? I mean, Woo! so much yeah. must be happening right here. Like we we have the very, very heavily abridged version. No kidding. Of what actually happened. Like you just have to. I don't know that we could process all of that. Yeah. Because A, you have a dream or quote unquote angel coming to you probably gabriel since as far as the bible tells us he's the only messenger angel there yeah, is so yeah. it's likely that he came to mary joseph and daniel keep that in mind Ooh, yeah so <laughs> uh being being that messenger angel that has to be an experience in itself knowing because a part of you is going to know that was not a dream yeah part of you is going to hope it was a dream <laughs> yeah but 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 the reality of it with with that actually happening like that it is it is unlikely that you wouldn't just be able to like process yourself that that was something bigger than a dream i just yeah. think it would be very this is not so much a dream as a vision <laughs> right right and so that's why you know this whole him waking up abruptly yeah that's gonna that's gonna take you for a whole new roller coaster that you've yeah. never been on. Disneyland yeah. has nothing on that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to him, and at that point, like, what do you do at that point? Yeah, no kidding. Because he probably was mad, really mad up until this point, and was trying to keep it, you know, very secluded. Yeah, I'd imagine. But he's also feeling all of those, you know, hurt everything. He's got a plan, and his plan is gonna fix everything for him. Absolutely. That's probably what's going through right there. And then this happened. And it's like new plan new plan you know the, the yeah. brain doesn't know what to do with that i i don't i can't help but think that's what happened yeah yeah absolutely. just because that's a lot to take in and, and the woman that you thought the woman that you were accusing of you know uh, yeah. infidelity how do you come back from that he's like <laughs> i can love her again i know that this is you know she didn't do anything wrong you know and honestly that that speaks to his faith too it does it really does you know there was he 100% knew there was more going on then. So anyway, in verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So that says a lot about Joseph and his perspective. And so Joseph was a guy. He was a good guy. He was a gentleman. Um, he was a just man, okay, and he was all, he was Mary's husband, you know. Now, we don't hear too much about Joseph uh, because later on, um, Mary and Joseph are, basically, they lose Jesus in the crowd, and he goes to the temple and blah, 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 blah. And so Mary's just like, oh, my goodness, you know, where's my son? You know, she goes and finds him. She's like, kid, don't you know we were looking for you? And he's like, you know, woman, don't you know that I'm supposed to be about my, my father's business? And she's just like, um, okay, you know, and he gives her a very, you know, he doesn't talk to her like, you know, I'm sorry, mommy. It's kind of like, I say, woman. You don't know who I am, don't you? 
Um, but you know, it's he's God. So can you imagine God in a child? Like, what well, is that going to sound like? And honestly, the way he responds to Mary, his mom, is kind of that way. It's like, don't you know what I'm supposed to be doing here and, on Earth? And I, I think we should. This is just the way my brain works in all of this. Uh, you know, you got to think the amount of angels that boy had around him all the time. Oh, yeah. Those are some stressed out, definitely needed mental health therapy <laughs> angels right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, don't let anything happen to him. For at least until this long, something's going to happen at that point, but it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but, but nobody let anything happen until that. But anyway, after, after that, we really don't hear anything about Jesus. All we know is, um, uh, he comes back into the scene when he's around 33 years old. That's when he starts his ministry. And, um, after that, all you hear about is Mary. You see her at the wedding. Uh, the wedding in, uh, I think, Cana, mm-hmm. where this is before Jesus is, like, going public. He's he's at the wedding, and his mom, you know, they have the, the whole deal with, like, you know, oh, the wine is gone, the wine is gone, you know? And so Jesus, like, Mary comes to Jesus and says, hey, they're out of wine. They, they, you know, can't really celebrate that good without wine. And Jesus is like, um he almost kind of says you know why are you asking me to start doing this before my time yeah it was like i have not started my ministry yet so why are you asking me to do a miracle and she's like you know please like the (laughs) wedding and he goes all right and so he turns the water into wine and you know uh, happiness and mirth abound all the more, and it's the best wine that ever was drank. Um, because they say so. It's like, why did you bring out the good wine? <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, but that's Mary, and then you hear things about Mary later on. Mary is kind of around Jesus throughout his ministry. And then at the very end, which, you know, if you look in Luke, um, what was um, uh, Simeon telling to Mary? Uh, He said, behold, child is destined for fall uh, for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for the sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So Simeon is talking to Mary here and he says, hey, sword's going to pierce through your side also, your soul. And what he means by that is you're going to you're going to be standing there and watching your son and God in the same body up on a cross dying. You're going to watch that. You, Mary, will see this boy on the cross you know in 33 years time about. Now he doesn't say that explicitly, but he does say Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And Mary is the kind of woman you hear a couple of times here that she doesn't go, you know, she'll she'll say many great things, specifically her magna, uh, um, you know, uh, um, the Magnificat and stuff. But oftentimes you hear of Mary, she pondered these things in her heart. Okay, so she's thinking and dwelling on these things. She's drawing so much meaning from them. 
And so when, when, when Simeon told her this, do you not think that she pondered that in her heart too? Like what's going to happen? You know, yeah. that must've troubled her her whole life, you know, since then. But then when Jesus is on the cross, I imagine that these words from Simeon rang in her mind. Yes. A sword will pierce through your own soul also. Hmm. Um, and you know, she probably had as much warning as everybody else because Jesus was telling all of the disciples, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna be dying <laughs> pretty soon. I'm gonna be up to the it's cross. Gonna happen, hey, yeah. it's gonna happen, you know. Uh, and they're all like, oh, Come on, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> You're God, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I, I bet you that Mary heard that too and knew that too. And maybe it didn't make sense, maybe it did. I don't know, but what we do know is that Mary, we still hear about her on uh, when Jesus is on the cross. And not only that, but Mary talks, uh, Jesus talks, I forget who he talks to, while he's on the cross and says, hey, that's my mother. She's your mother now, buddy. Take care of her. You know, he basically is saying, hey, treat my mom like she's your mom. Right. And take care of her for me which is very interesting because this is God telling one of his friends to take care of his mother. But we know that Jesus is spirit after that. Now he does come back in the flesh. Um, but then he ascends up into heaven and he says, I'm gone. Okay. My body is gone. I'm now in heaven. I am sending my Holy spirit the comforter to be with you. So that is, that is Christ on earth. Now is the Holy spirit. And it's a different entity in a sense than the son. Okay. It's still God. and He's with us, but we don't get to see him. We don't get to interact with him. We don't get to say howdy. We don't get to eat with him. You know, we don't get to enjoy times with him as a physical person in a way that we can relate to. And so I think that's why Jesus tells this guy, hey, take care of mom for me and, you know, be with her, you know, treat her like your mom. Because my job here is done. I'm going back up there. And so that's where we see the end of Mary's story, as far as we know, as far as scripture goes, is at the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, and that's, that's, we don't hear about Joseph there because as far as we know, Joseph probably died, maybe even natural causes or something well before that. We don't know. Probably before Jesus started his ministry. We just don't know. But this right here, after, you know, Jesus and Mary, uh, I mean, after uh, Joseph and Mary lose Jesus in the crowd. That's the last time we hear about Joseph. Yeah. And he's off the scene. Um, so anyway, as far as Joseph's perspective goes, what would it be like being the surrogate father of God? I don't know. Uh, that's quite a task. But obviously he was up for it, for it said he was a just man and all that. And obviously he was kind. And so you can see the caliber of Jesus's right. worldly parents. Uh, such as they are. It's very interesting. 
there's you know and and i mean there, there are people even today that they have that caliber of of human um but it's rare yeah and the fact that it's rare i think is sad yeah because i think this this caliber of person that we're talking of was probably very common pre-world war ii mm -hmm. and then along or right after that is when we started losing that caliber of people because it wasn't taught because you don't see that very today that's that kind of thing is going to be unheard of yes are you searching for something specific here? No, not really. Not really. Okay. Um, just kind of general. Well, stuff. I was going to see if you want to go ahead and pray us out. I can certainly do that. Y'all, uh, we hope you will enjoy um, the time before Christmas. Supposedly, I know a lot of the, um, the Northwest and North is going to get a big snowstorm or ice storm or whatever pretty soon. I think it's actually going to miss us here just barely i think we're going to get licked by a tiny little barely finger we're supposed to get a wintry rainy mix 60 mm percent -hmm. chance on thursday and that's it it's going to be cold but no snow and stuff so anyway for all of those out there that are getting a white christmas we hope that you enjoy your christmas uh if you've been dreaming of a white christmas here it comes <laughs> and uh um we hope you would have a very Merry Christmas. And so uh, from Brig and I here at the Texan Steak, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Wish you have a Happy New Year. Um, we'll probably be down. Uh, we might have a podcast after Christmas, but we'll have a break after that because um, uh, I'm going to be taking some vacation time and stuff. But uh, whatever the case, have a very Merry Christmas. And uh, I'll pray us out of here. Let's pray. Great Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for the story that you have given us of your birth. Uh, you, you, your advent, your nativity. And we thank you that uh, you are with us, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you came and you were born. That you fulfilled prophecy. That you died on the cross to save us from our, from our sins. We thank you so much for that, Lord. Without you, we would be paying the price ourselves, and that's not a price that we even can pay. Not just losing our life, but for all eternity. Um, but Lord, uh, uh, you did die on the cross for our sins. You took our sins, and so we thank you for that. And so this is the time of the year that we really like to come together and celebrate your birthday and uh, and all the fulfillment of prophecy that is that day. And um, whatever day that actually is, we're not certain. You didn't tell us because I guess it's not that important. But we still thank you so much for coming down on this earth, being born of Mary, and being a perfect example for us, and living a perfect life for us and for our salvation. We thank you, Lord. I pray that you would give us joy happiness, contentment, pray that we would show love and mercy this time of year, that uh, we would be, I pray that we would do that all year round, but uh, it's time of year for gifts. You were given gifts by the, the wise men from the East, and so uh, we like to reflect that in our practices here, and so I pray that we would just enjoy our time and that we would, pray that you would celebrate with us, Lord, for it is your birth that we are celebrating. 
We love you. We praise you. And we pray that this time would praise your holy name and bring glory to you. And uh, be with us, Lord. It is in Christ's holy and precious name that we come before you and pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, we say, Adios. Adios.